0: We're going to show you what that means today because that's exactly what we're going to do. Let us go on to perfection. Now, that word perfection has to do with God's righteousness. Let us go on to perfection, has to do with God's righteousness. Okay? So we said, let us go on to perfection. We're going to go back to Hebrew. We're going to show you that. All right? We're going towards our message from the book of Hebrews, uh, chapter number six. Now, this was Hebrews. We got to understand Hebrews. Were Jews, all right? They were Jewish believers. But they had to get to their grace by faith, all right? As a journey, we got to what God has for us in Christ. Don't ever want to forget what I just said. If you can just grasp just what I said, you can understand why they had works and why we had grace. They had to get to their perfection by faith. Now, let me me show you something by faith before I get into my message today. We're going to talk about that a little bit also by faith. But we talked about letters going to perfection last week. This week, We're going to name this teaching today, we're going to take it from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14 through 21. Let me give you my subject first. 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 21, we're going to talk about how is a man made right with God? How is a man made right with God? We are trying to answer a lot of questions. There are a lot of questions that's coming to us now uh, beyond the message. If you look on your podcast, if you'll be able to see a teaching going to be called starting this week, beyond the message. Beyond the message means there are questions. People are going to call in and ask questions. We're going to put them on beyond the message. Well, this is an answer to a question this morning. The question is, how is a man made right with God? Question. Okay? Now, we're going to do that in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. But I want to first do Hebrew chapter 6 and then I want to show you what it means by faith. Alright, now we want to do those two things, then I'm going to get into my message, okay? I got a lot of words for you. Now in Hebrew chapter number 6, we're going to show you, uh, let us go into perfection, but in Hebrew chapter 11 we're going to show you what it means when it says by faith. Alright, that's very important. So we'll get into Hebrew j- chapter 6 in just a moment. But Let's look at uh, Hebrews chapter 11 and we're going to look at by faith. Now, I want to see how studious you are. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 7 said, by faith Noah. By faith Noah. One of God of things not yet, not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark, to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, watch this, by faith. Now, what does it mean by faith and through faith? The next verse says, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 8, by faith Abraham. Now, what happened by faith? By faith Noah. Well, Noah had to do something what did he do? He built an ark. By faith he was one of God of things yet not seen, moved with fear, prepared an ark. So by faith you had to do something. So when the Bible said the just shall live by faith, it means the just have to live by doing something. Alright? Now, because they were under the works, Abraham, Abraham, by faith Abraham. Now, what, what did God require of Abraham? Go to the mountain of Moriah, offer up your son on the altar by faith. Then God says, now I know that you believe God. See, their faith was by faith. So you will see that in Romans. Let me show you that in Romans chapter 3 and verse 30. Romans chapter 3 and verse 30. If you don't mind by marking your Bible, this will be a good scripture to mark. Romans chapter three and verse thirty. Sin it is one God which shall justify the circumcision. Remember the circumcision were Israel, were Jews. Justify the circumcision by faith. See they were justified, made righteous by faith. I mean they had to do something, but the Gentiles were justified through faith. Seeing is one God, which shall justify the Jews by faith and the Gentile through faith. They are called circumcision and uncircumcision, but we know the Gentile will called uncircumcision. We were justified through faith. All right. That's why the Bible says in Ephesians, let me show you one in Ephesians chapter 2. Uh, we're going to get in our message after this. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8. It says, For by grace, Are you saved through faith? Now, when the Bible says you're saved by grace, by grace means, remember, always by means because of and by grace means what Jesus Christ did. Otherwise, by grace, because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross, by grace. But it's through faith, through you believing it. Remember, you don't don't have the works. You got to believe it. Okay, old Testament believer, they had to actually do it. For Abraham to prove he believed God, he had to go and offer up his son on the altar. Then God said, now I know that you believe me. Noah, if he believed God, he will go build an ark. By faith, he had to do something. Under their faith without works, with them were dead. They had to do something. That's what James told them. All right, but what we have to do is believe, only believe. No works, only believe, okay? Now, that's in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8. By grace are you saved through faith, that's not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8 once again says, by grace are you saved through faith, that's not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. So our salvation is free, it's the gift of God. So we we'll are talking about how is a man made right with God, all right? Now, I gave you this verse, but let's get into our teaching today, and that's 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Let's go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and we're going to start reading with verse number 14. we we'll We're talking about how is a man made right with God. Now, I'm going to read this out of NLT, which has become one of my next favorite Bibles, Of course, I teach out the King James. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, out of the NLT, in verse 14, it says in verse 14, either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone, so that those who receive his new life would no longer live for themselves. Instead, they would live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So we have have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely as a human being uh, from a human point of view, how differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belonged to Christ has become a new person. Now, that's very familiar. Anyone who belonged to Christ or put your faith and trust in Christ as your Savior has become a new creature, a new person. The old life is gone. Now, that's very important stuff, man. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Now, that's very important because I'm going to show you how a man is made right with God. So, you know, I'm a person who keeps saying over and over and over, these religious things can't make you a new creation, brother. We got people, I would say probably 90% of people go to churches, believe you have to be water baptized. Some believe you have to be water baptized to be saved. So they're saying you got to be water baptized to be right with God. I'm showing you in the word of God, water baptism has zero to do with your salvation. Absolutely nothing. Okay? Now, watch what it says again. Your salvation is a gift from God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 told you in verse number 17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Now watch this next verse, verse 18. And all of this is a gift from God. Man, that is so awesome. Your salvation is a free gift from God. Watch what he did. Watch what Christ did. Who brought us back to himself through Christ, and God has given us this task, Paul says, of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciled the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And watch what Paul says. He gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. Now remember, if God gave Paul the message of reconciliation, then Paul can't come and tell them, okay then, if you get water baptized in Jesus' name, then God will give you the Holy Ghost. That is not what God told you. You are lying on God. Watch what this Bible just got through saying in verse number 17. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. We're going to go back. This means, that anyone who belonged to Christ had become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun, and all of this is a gift from God. God didn't tell you had to do anything. God gave you salvation. All of this is a gift from God. Watch this, who brought us back to himself through Christ? God brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us the task of reconciling people to him. Well, how are you going to reconcile people to Christ if you're telling them the wrong message? You can't go tell a person, okay, now, let me tell you how it happened. Now, God will let you come back to him if you get baptized in water in Jesus' name. That's wrong. You shouldn't do the people like that. God didn't tell you if you let them be water baptized, they can come back to him. God says he gave you salvation free. We're supposed to give it to the people. He gave it to us. He gave Christ to us. We're supposed to give Christ to the people. Free. Not tell them they have to do something. All right, let's continue. Now in verse number 19, we are in 2 Corinthians five nineteen. We are reading out the NLT. The Bible said in verse 7, verse 19, for God was in Christ, reconciled the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. He gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors, Paul said. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ, Paul says. When we plead, come back to God. Just come back to God. He didn't tell you, you come back and do something. Just come back to God. Why our churches cannot receive the Holy Spirit today? Because the person who's preaching to the person will not give them what God gave us. He gave us his son free. Stop charging the people for salvation. That's what you're doing. You're charging the people to be saved. Well, you know, brother, you can be saved and you come to my church. What do I need to do? Well, you gotta be baptized with water in Jesus' name. Then you got to repent. Everybody got their formula. That is not what God told you. That is what your denomination, your religion is telling the people. And it's keeping the people from God. Come back to God, he says. For God made the verse 21. Verse 21, 2 Corinthians 5, 21. Here we go. My question is, how a man is made right with God? Here it is. God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin. Why did he do that? So that we could be made right with God through Christ. So you can only be made right with God through Christ. That is not what a lot of people are telling you. Some of you are watching this television broadcast and you, you know that. You know that they are telling you you've got to be baptized in water. And some say you've got to be baptized in water in Jesus' name. And then they say, well, how was you baptized? Some say, well, I was baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Well, you ain't even saved because you can to be baptized in Jesus' name only. Do you speak in tongue? No. Well, you don't have the Holy Ghost. See, this is what's the enemy of the cross so if you're keeping telling people that, you're God's enemy. You're enemies of what Christ has done. God did not tell you to give that message to the people. Salvation is free. God gave his son. For God shall love the world, John 3, 16, that he gave his only begotten son unconditionally. That whoso believeth in him, just believe should not perish, but have everlasting God, everlasting life. I'm telling you, this is an awesome thing, because you're going to give an account to God for telling people they got to do something to earn God's salvation. If you got to earn salvation, sir, it's not grace. It's works, it's law, it's religion, it's tradition of men. And you are making the word of God a non-effect by your tradition. All right, let's move on. Now, I want to do that in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 because that's my key verse on how a man is made right with God. But I got a lot of words for you, man. So let's get into this word today and let's begin to see. Now, what I want to show you, I want to show you the benefits. Why? Why would I want to be made right with God? So you got people say, well, what's wrong with my religion? What's wrong with my tradition? Listen, there are benefits. There benefits. I'm going to just take you to Some of these, Psalm 37. I'm going to show you this here. Just going to run through something. We're going to go to a Psalm. I'm going to show you some in Proverbs, Psalm 37. Now this is an awesome thing, and I'm going to move through these pretty rapidly because it's going to tell you what God has for you, but He only has them for the righteous. See, so if you can, you can remain in ignorance. But these things are not going to qualify for you. If you just say, well, okay, Pastor Crump, uh, I don't have to do this. I need to be water baptized. We baptize over here. You say what you want to say. Well, okay, okay. Then that means you will never be made righteous. Because the only way you're going to get these things, I'm getting ready to give you now, you must be God's son. And to become God's son, you must be righteous. Let, 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 me, let, me give you, let me give you what we call a clincher. Before I do Psalms, let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. Let me give you one more. Ephesians chapter 4. See, I reckon you know by now that I'm a person who really disliked religion because I was in bondage to religion and tradition of men. As a pastor, like I said, I've been ministering uh, 40 years. I've been pastoring 35 years. But, man, I was in abundance. I thought I had to baptize the people to make sure they right with God. So I covered all the bases. And that's what a lot of pastors are doing. They don't know. They're just covering the bases. Well, I'll baptize them in case I'm wrong. I'll baptize them. I'll make sure they get there. In heaven that is. Or oh, I'll preach Christ to them. And then I'll do every, all that. Then I'll make sure they get communion. See, i be a good pastor. Listen, you're not being a good pastor. You've been an ignorant pastor. Like I was. Because I didn't know. And we must understand, I was ignorant. But I was ignorant because I didn't know the truth. And I found out by the Holy Spirit. When the spirit of truth has come. He will lead you into all truth. And until the Holy Spirit comes inside of you, you're not going to know this book and you're not going to believe people who are telling you the truth because you've got to be delivered from a lying spirit. All right, let's move on. So Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. Now, I'm going to read this again out of the NLT. I just love this because I, I like the way it, it says it and I like the way it gets the point over. Ephesians chapter number 4 and verse number 17. Now, it says, with the Lord's authority, I say this, Paul said, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopeless, confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander from the life God gives because they have closed their mind and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful for pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learn about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by a lustful and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on the new nature. Now this is what I'm showing you here, what I got to showing you in 2 Corinthians 5. You got to put on the new nature. Put on the new man, Christ. Put on the new man, the new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and Holy. So Christ, when you put on Christ, your soul that is, Christ is already holy and Christ is already righteous. So when you put on Christ, you put on righteousness. You put on holiness. I'm showing you how a man is right with God. Not not natural physical clothes. Come on, there are people who told me, man, that if I would put on uh, my wife, for an example. My wife couldn't even go to Bible class. My wife worked and she had to get off work with, 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 with pants on. And she couldn't even go to Bible class because she was told she had to go home first and change clothes and come back to church. There have been some churches who would not accept my wife and I to come into the church because my wife had on pants. Come on, brothers. That has nothing to do with the Bible. But that has to do with religion and traditional men. There are people, I have been to people's churches. They will sit there and talk about you because your wife got on lipstick, your wife got on pants, or your wife got on this here. Listen, that's not holiness. That's not righteousness. Listen, that's the devil. You understand me? That's not God. When God saved us, God saved us. He called us with a holy calling. God saved us to himself. How is a man made right with God? Part three on the series, The Word of God Revealed. How is a man made right with God? How is a man made right with God? This is what you're finding out. In verse 24, once again, put on the new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So that's why God tells you, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Make no provision for the flesh. Make no provision for the flesh. And yet, that's what people are doing. Churches are growing. Churches are growing. And the people are just rejoicing because they believe God's doing a work. And everything is centered around water baptism. You're building your church on water baptism, not on Christ. That's not on Christ. Let's move on. Now, let's get into the word. How is a man made right with God? We're going to go back to Romans chapter 4. Well, let me give you some of these blessings first. I said I'm going to do that. Psalm 37 and 17. You're going to have to keep up because I'm going to move really rapidly on these. It says, Psalm 37 and 17, it says, The arm of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholdeth the righteous. So I'm showing you what God do to the righteous. I'm just giving you some Psalm 37, verse 17, the Lord upholdeth the righteous. Psalm 34, let's bag back. Psalm 34 and verse 19. Psalm 34 and verse 19. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Oh, that's an awesome verse, boy. You know, we're going through something right now in this world, but let me tell you something. When you're righteous, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all, not some of them. it says, He keepeth all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Now we know he's talking about Christ, but you now the body of Christ. He said, "Evil shall slay the wicked, and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate, cut off. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servant. None of them that trust in him shall be desolate. None of them. No, when you trust in the Lord, God will make sure you are taken care of. I know I got a witness. I, got, I know I got at least two or three that listened to it this morning. That if you put your trust in the Lord, the Lord will take care of you. I know I got a witness. I'm telling you because he's taking care of me. I know he's taking care of you. So let's just look at a few of these. Let's go to Psalm 37 and let's look at verse 25. We was right there. Psalm 37, verse 25. It says, David says, I've been young and now I'm old. And I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. Wait a minute. I know I can get a witness out there. Listen, I've been young and now I'm old. David said, look, I've been young. I'm, I'm an old man now. But I've never seen God forsake the righteous. And I've never seen his seed begging bread. God will take care of his own children. Can I get an amen? Yes, he will. Look at Psalm 37, verse 39. This is, this is good all by itself. Psalm 37, and we're going to read from verse 37. Let's do 37 through 39. Psalm 37, 37. Mark the perfect man. Remember, the perfect man is the righteous man. He said, look, you keep an eye on the righteous man. You behold the upright. Remember, keep your eyes on the righteous, the upright, because the end of that man is peace. You don't have to worry about it. God going to take care of him. But the transgressions shall be destroyed together. The end of the wicked shall be cut off. Verse 39, the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is their strength, listen to me, in the time of trouble. The Lord is your strength. You going through some trouble right now? In America, we're going through some things. But you know what? The Lord is my strength. In the time of trouble. Now, what is God going to do in the time of trouble? Listen, in the time of trouble, he said, I will hide you. You remember that? Man, I tell you, this thing is so good. He says, in the time of trouble. I'm going to show you that in Psalm 9. Let's go back to Psalm 9. Let me show you something. I'm going to get to my method. We just just, want to show you a little bit. In Psalm 9. Psalm 9, we, we, we're dealing with a, a psalm of David, and we know David went through a whole lot of stuff, but the Lord. Amen. The Lord also will be a refuge. Psalm 9 and 9. The Lord also shall be a, a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in the time of trouble. See, God will hide you, He will take you. See, he has put you in Christ. If you're righteous, God has put you in Christ. This stuff that's coming upon this world, you can rejoice and be glad because great is your salvation. Christ our Lord. Let's move on. Now, in Psalm 92, you can just get your Bible, you can just go through here and just enjoy yourself. But I just want to point out a few of them. Psalm 92 and verse 12. Psalm 92 and verse 12. The righteous shall flourish. Wait a minute. Don't you know we are in a situation where things are shut down? Listen. Had nothing to do with the righteous. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like the cedar of Lebanon. The righteous flourish. It doesn't make any difference what's going on in the world. God makes sure the righteous flourish. What is he doing it for? So the wicked can see it and turn to the Lord. The Bible said, "Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. Are you planted in Christ? Well, let me tell you something. Those that planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts. Of our God. They shall still bring forth their fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. That means abundance. They're going to have plenty, even in the day of famine. Why? To show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there's no unrighteousness in him. God is going to show you that He's God. And a lot of times, God will let you go through something in the world to be able to remind you, listen, you going to need me. You're going to need me. Let, let, me, let, me, let, me sell, let me sell this camera one time. Listen, God will let you go through something to remind you. You're going to need me. There'll come a time in your life that can't nobody take care of you but God. I know I'm right about it. I know you're right. He is your strong. He is your strength. I'm telling you something. You can lay in the arms of the Lord and you will know everything is all right. I'm telling you right now. God will take care of you. My whole thing is don't worry no more. The Bible said casting all your cares on him because God cares for you. It's an awesome thing. David said, I've been young and now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken. And I've never seen his children begging bread. What an awesome thing. Let me, let me move on. I want to give you a few of these. Psalm 146 and verse 8. Psalm 146. Man, this stuff is so good. Psalm 146. Psalm 146. Look what the word of God said about the righteous. See, this is why you want to, want to make sure you're righteous. And make sure you're not trying to operate in that cheap religion. One, Psalm 146, and you wonder about why God's not taking care of you. God take care of you, the righteous. Psalm 146, verse 8, the Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord raises up them that are bowed down. And then he's going to say this, the Lord loveth the righteous. The Lord preserveth the stranger. He relieves the fatherless and the widow. But the way of the wicked, he turns upside down. The Lord shall reign forever, and even thy God, O Zion, will all unto all generations praise ye the Lord. Yeah, that's the kind of God, that's the kind of God that we serve. But that's why you have to be happy as a man that trusts in him. All right, now, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, give you one more. I'm going to give you one more proverb and I'll finish that the next service. I'll give you a few each service. But proverb chapter number 10 uh, I'm going to show you something. I'm going to give you proverb 10 and, and then proverb 41. These, these are a couple of my favorite proverbs. The, the proverb of Solomon proverb 10 and 1 says the proverb of Solomon it says a wise son maketh a glad father but a foolish son is heaviness of his mother. Then he said, treasures of wickedness profit profiteth nothing, but watch what he says, but righteousness delivereth from death. Righteousness. See, once God make you righteous, he just delivers you from death. You don't have to worry about death if you're righteous. It's righteousness that delivers you from death. Oh my God, I'm, I'm so glad that God made me his son and I'm so glad that he made me a righteous man. You know, you hear people say, well, you know, ain't nobody righteous. Listen, before Christ came, there was no unrighteous. The Bible said, no righteous, no, not one but God. But God made us righteous through his son. That's why I gave you 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. He was made to be sin for us who knew no sin. That we might be made, the kids might be made. Well, how are we made righteous? That's why I'm giving it to you. I gave you Ephesians four twenty four. You have to be created in Christ. A new creation. And what God do? He make you righteous and holy. Ephesians 4, 24. All right. Now, let's, get, let's do this a couple here. in Proverbs chapter number 10. Uh, I just gave you verse 3. The righteous delivereth, but righteousness delivereth from death. Righteousness delivereth from death. Never have to be worried about it if you're righteous. Okay, now I want to do, I want to go to the book of Romans chapter 4. This is what we left off with last week. We showed you Abraham. Abraham was made righteous. Romans chapter number 4 is where we're at now. Romans chapter 4. We're going to look at verse 9. Verse 1, we're going to go down to verse 9. Romans chapter 4, verse 1. What shall we say then out of the King James Version? Abraham, our father, pertaining to the flesh, has found. For if Abraham were justified by works, he has way of the glory, but not before God. What said the scripture? Abraham believed God. Now remember, we're going to show you how he was made righteous. Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. Well, Abraham believed God. He had to be saved by faith. Well, God told Abraham to go take his son to the Mount, New Mount Moriah, up onto the Mount Moriah, and there, offer up his son. Well, by taking his son to Mount Moriah, offering up his son, God believed him, because he says, I know, because Abraham took the sword to stab his son, and God had to stop him. But God says, because of that act, I believe. Now that act was a type of Christ. Death, burial, and resurrection. Abraham believed God. Just like you. You believe in Christ, death, burial, and resurrection. That young man was the seed of Abraham, of the father. Abraham and the earth was called the father. Isaac was the son. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's how they were all. That's why you have the trinity there. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Abraham is the father, Isaac is the son. Okay, Jacob is the multiplier, type of the Holy Spirit. All right, let's move on. Now, let's move on. We're in Romans chapter 4, and we just read to you verse number 3. For what said the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. This word counted is to put on your account. Put on your account as a righteous man. He said, now to him that worketh is the reward, not record of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, here's the next verse 5, but believe on him that justifies the ungodly. Watch this, his faith is counted for righteousness. Remember, when Abraham believed God, his faith, believed God, his faith was counted for righteousness. All right, and verse number 6. Now here's a key. Even as David also described, watch this, the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputed righteousness. Now, watch what he says. God imputed, the word imputed means put on one's account. Blessed is a man that God would put on your account righteousness. Watch this, without works. See, God's only going to put righteousness on your account without works. So what happened is, the enemy, religion, traditional men, will tell you, okay, if you come be water baptized in Jesus' name, or if you take communion every Sunday, or you wash your feet, or you'll be circumcised, what they don't do anymore. At that time, they had to circumcise, they had to uh, have animal sacrifice, all those things they had to do. But people are doing three out of five. See, they don't do the animal sacrifice no more. And they don't do the, uh, uh, the circumcision, but they still do the water baptism. They still do the communion, uh, the Passover. They still do the foot washing. So they feel like, well, we are right. No, that still works. Now, listen to what it says again. God made him righteous, but it had to be without works. It says, even as David also described the blessedness of the man whom God imputed. We in verse 6. We are in Romans 4, 6. Even as David also described the blessings of the man to, unto whom God puts on his account righteousness without works, without circumcision, without foot washing. That's what this man is telling him without baptism. He's saying, look, blessed are they for whom iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Old Testament, their sin could only be covered. New Testament, Christ washed them away. Then he's going to ask the question in verse 9. Comeeth this blessedness then upon the circumcision only, or upon the uncircumcision also. For we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. Remember, because Abraham believed God, God counted for righteousness. That's what he said. Because Abraham believed God, God counted it for righteousness. All right, now let's move on. We gave you Romans chapter 4. We just want to pick up from where we were. Uh, last week. Now I want to go to Romans chapter 5 because I want to get to how uh, we got into the situation. So we're in Romans chapter 5. Let's go to verse number 12. We're going to do 12 and 13. We're going to give you two verses, and then I'm going to go down to verse 19. I'm showing you how we got into this situation. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 5, I'm sorry, verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man, he tells you how sin entered into the world. Remember, how is a man made right with God? Well, when sin entered the world, I'm going to show you, now man became guilty before God. And I'm going to show you where sin entered. Sin entered to Adam conscience. So you want to write that down. That's very important. We'll deal with the next service. Sin entered into Adam conscience. Now, what was the sin that entered into Adam conscience? A lie. A lying spirit. Very important. And because of that spirit of guilt, we're going to show you that word. That word spirit is guilt, It's condemnation. It's a lying spirit. So that's why the only way you're going to get that spirit out of you is you got to believe the truth. So that's why I taught you the message, the last two teachings on podcasts. The gospel of Christ is the word of truth. The word of truth is revealed word. So if you don't have anybody to teach you the word of truth, you can't be saved. Now that's awesome. I know people told you you're not baptized in Jesus' name and all. You can't be. Listen, if you don't believe the word of truth, Christ's death, and resurrection, there's no way for you to be saved. All right, now let's listen. Now in Romans chapter 5 and verse 12, wherefore well, as by one man, Adam, one man, sin entered into the world, God gonna give you two things that's gonna happen here. That's how sin entered. Now, when the Bible says sin entered into the world, he's talking about into the heart of Adam, into the mind of Adam, into the soul of Adam, into the conscience of Adam. Now when you think about what happened after that. He was so corrupt until he didn't even know who God was no more. As a matter of fact, he was so corrupt until he hid himself from God for fear. The same man just walked with God, now was afraid of God, now ran from God. Is that why you're running from God? Is that why you are fearful of God? Is that why you're afraid of God? Is that why you don't want nobody to talk to you about God? Because you have the spirit of condemnation. You have the spirit of the devil. A lying spirit. And you need to be delivered. And God want to save you. Because that's why he sent his son. To save you. Alright, let's move on. Now, in Romans 5. In verse 12. said, so well for us by one man. Sin entered into the world. And then death entered into the world. Because of sin. So now death passed upon all men because of all men had sinned. So verse number 13 said, for unto the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. So once God gave the law, now sin was put in motion. Once they gave the law, now man began to die because of the law. Because the wages of sin is death. So Jesus came to take that away, and he did. That's why we give him the praise, not the water baptism. We give him the praise, not the foot washing. We give him the praise, not the circumcision. We give him the praise, not the animal sacrifice. See, he gets all the praise and all the glory because of what he has done. All right, now, in this Romans chapter 5, we want to now go down to verse 19. We read verse number 12 we want to go down to verse number 19 because this is where we're going to get our key verse. For as by one man disobedience, we're showing you how a man may write with God. Well, I'm showing you this verse, how do we become a sinner? You know, it's an awesome thing when a preacher will not even accept how you became a sinner. And the Bible told you, well, if you tell people how you became a sinner, Then you can tell people how to be made right with God. Just reverse the process. All right, let's see how a man became a sinner. Romans 5, 19. Man, this stuff is good. Romans chapter 5, verse 19. For as by one man disobedience. One man disobedience. I'm going to go to Genesis chapter 2, verse 7 through 9 and read that for you. And verse 15 through 17, just a moment. "For, For by one man disobedience, Watch this. Many were made sinners. God told you how a man was made a sinner because of Adam's disobedience. So let's look at it. Genesis chapter number 2 told us how man became a sinner. Genesis 2 7 through 9. In Genesis chapter 2, I must keep the, the King James. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, breathing to his nostrils the breath of life. Man became a living soul. That's why that word man means soul. Man means soul. Adam means soul. Man became a living soul. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed, and out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that's pleasant to the sight, good for food, the tree of life also, the tree of life also, in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil, both was also in the midst of the garden. But look at verse 15. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man. Remember, one man disobedience, Adam, is how we got in our situation. Here it is. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, of every tree of the garden thou may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it, Adam, for in the day that you eat of it, thou shalt surely die. That's what God told Adam. The day you eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you're going to die. What well, Adam ate. The next chapter told it. In Genesis chapter number 3, told us what happened. Verse number 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. See, if you look at what God did, God put Adam in a finished work. God put Adam in the garden of Eden, where he had nothing to do but dress it and keep it. Told him what to eat, what not to eat. Of all the trees of the God, you may freely eat, Adam, but of the tree of knowledge the good and evil, thou shalt not eat thereof. The day you eat thereof, you shall surely die. Well, Adam died that day spiritually. Spiritual death is separation from God. So when a man tell you, you can get baptized in water in Jesus' name and be saved, how you got spiritual life? Now, he got spiritual death by eating of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Well, how you going to get spiritual life? Reverse the process. Eat the tree of life. If he had ate the tree of life, the Bible says he would have lived forever. Now, you're going to tell me that God had Adam to eat of the tree of life, he would have lived forever, and you come down here and say, no, you got to be baptized in water in Jesus' name and live forever? Somebody lied to you. Can't you see you have believed a lie? See, the reason I plead with people because I don't want them to die and go to hell. I keep saying it's because I used to think you had to be water baptized. Listen, we got a brand new water baptism pool behind that curtain, man. Electric. Run the water, turn the thing on, and it'll be ready tomorrow. Turn it on last night, be ready this morning. Listen, but when God show you that's not right, cut it off. We got a brand new communion table that go with this furniture. But when God tells you to leave it alone, it's works, it's the law, then leave it alone. See what, you gotta believe God, you gotta obey the word. We preach the cross here, nothing but the cross. So if you're gonna preach the cross, you can't preach water baptism, circumcision, all this other stuff, communion, Passover. Foot washing. In the church. Where are you going to put the cross, Pastor? Where is the cross now? People don't preach the cross no more. Watch what happened how the serpent deceived Eve and Adam. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord had made. He said to the woman, Yea. Why she he question the word? Yea, has God said? Did God say you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? This is what God told you? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the food of the trees in the garden, but of the food of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God said you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die.'" She would not wouldn't come out and say God told us not to eat of the tree or not of the good and evil, and that's what she was doing by talking to him. He is the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That's who was the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Was the devil. Christ is the tree of life. She she believed a lie. She believed the devil. Didn't know she was eating of the tree of knowledge of good and evil by listening to the devil. Watch what it says. And the serpent said to the woman, you're not going to die. You're not going to die. You shall not surely die. Knowing all the time that he is putting his word in her. This is why the Bible called her first son, Cain, and called him the child of the devil. Wonder how she get it. This is how she got it right here. She believed a lie. The devil put the spirit into her soul. And the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die. God doesn't know. In the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open. No, you're going to be pregnant. That's what's going to happen. And you're going to be as gods," he says. You're going to be knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes. See, she ate the wrong tree. And a tree to be desired to make one wise. She took of the fruit. She believed the devil. And she ate also and gave also to her husband with her. She believed the lie. She believed that devil. And all humanity Falling into this sin of Adam. Now, that's what I showed you is what happened here. What happened? Man was made sinners. But how is God going to get us out of this mess? Go back to Romans chapter 5. I'll show you there's another part of that verse. Man was made sinners because of Eve' transgression the Bible called it. That's, that would be in Timothy. You'll see it said Eve transgression. Because Eve says, I have gotten me a man from the Lord. Well, who did she get? She got Cain. Because she believed the devil. Let's move on. In Romans chapter 5, verse 19, it said, For by one man disobedient, many would have made sinners. But the Bible doesn't stop there. Oh, thank God it doesn't. Because there's a flip side of that same verse. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. He's telling me how to be made righteous. By the obedience of one man, not your obedience, his obedience. The obedience of one man. Man, I feel like teaching that today, but I won't. I may do it in this series. Write that down. It's called the obedience of one man. That's how you was made righteous. Watch what it says again, Romans five eighteen. It says, "For else, by one man' disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one man, shall many be made righteous." God told me how I was made righteous. I was made righteous by one man' obedience. Let's go and show you to you. Let me show you what he did. Woo! I love this kind of stuff. Let's show you what our Lord did to make us righteous. I'm going to go to uh, Romans chapter 5 verse 6 right there. We were made righteous. We were made righteous by the obedience of one man. Matter of fact, I'm going to show you the obedience of one man first. And then we'll come back and we'll show you that what I'm going to show you today. The obedience of one man. Let's go to Hebrew 5. I'm going to show you the rest of it the next service. Hebrew chapter 5. Let's show you how how we were made righteous. It was obedient to one man. Let's show you what he did. Let's show you what he did. Hebrew chapter 5, verse 5. Let's show you what he did. Hebrew chapter 5, verse 5. So Christ, so also Christ glorified not himself to be made in high priest. But he that said to him, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And he said in another place, Thou art a priest forever, after the order of Melchizedek, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers, offered up prayers and supplication with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death, he was heard in that he feared. Now here it is, Jesus, the man, Jesus, Suffered, was afraid, never died before. But yet, watch what he's gonna do. Though he was a son, capital S O N, Hebrew 5 and 8. Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the thing which he suffered. Jesus suffered and died and buried on, suffered and died on the cross. So we could become perfect with God. He had to become perfect himself. By the thing which he suffered. And being made perfect. He became the author of eternal salvation. unto all them. That obey him. All them that believe in his death being resurrection. Alright. Look at Hebrews chapter 9. What did this man do? The Bible said he obeyed. Even unto death. The death of the cross. Even, even, even he obeyed. He obeyed. Hebrew chapter 2. He obeyed, brother. Hebrew chapter 2 and verse number 9. It said, But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that by the grace of God, watched if he tasted death for every man. For it became him. For whom are all things and by whom are all things and bringing men and sons to glory to make the capital of their salvation perfect through suffering. This man tasted death for every man. My time is up. I thank you for yours. Every head bowed, every heart open. If you are listening to this television broadcast, listen, it's time for you to make a decision. Are you the righteous? If you are, you're God's children. And if you are, God's going to take care of you. But if you're not, you need to become a child of the living God. Now, this is an awesome thing. There are plagues all around you, man. People are dying all around you. You're asking God to help you, but will you receive him? How do I do that, pastor? You have to be made righteous. If you would believe that Christ died for your sins, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1 through 4. I'm going to read that. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1 through verse 4. This is what you have to believe if you want God to help you. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 1 through verse four Gave you what you needed in Christ, believing in Christ. Death, burial, and resurrection. And verse 1 said, Moreover, well, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you have received and where you stand, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preach to you, unless you have believed in vain. I deliver to you, first of all, that which I also received how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scripture. And if you'll believe today Christ died for you, buried, and raised again for you, you can be saved right now. My time is up. I thank you for yours. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.